0: So each summer we choose a theme for summer worship, and as you heard David say, this summer our theme is made in God's image. How have we seen God's image in the world? We're going to hear this summer how people have seen God's image in Haiti, in Uganda, in Nicaragua, in trans folks, in prison, in song, and we've asked our former many of you know, is also a Church of Christ minister and chaplain to lead us today with our first reflection of what it means to behold the Lamb of God as the image of God. So, you're welcome to take it. You we pray with me. Almighty God, may the words point out and the meditations of all our hearts, acceptable in my sight. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Is the mic good? <coughs> yes. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so the song begins, filled with rich imagery. Green pastures, still waters, good paths, overflowing cups, and to set the bounty, rods and staffs that gently guide and direct, but are never used to whack or fit the sheep. There is such grace and graciousness from the shepherd that even the valley of the shadow of death does not give rise to fear. Like some of you, I am in New England through and through, with a British mother. And so, for many years, the images that came to mind when I heard the 23rd song were of Vermont's green and lush pastures, New Hampshire's beautiful meadows, and as the hymn Jerusalem goes, England's green and pleasant land. But this is not the landscape that gave rise to the 23rd song. The landscape that shaped and informed the 23rd song is a dry and arid landscape where it is indeed a rare and beautiful thing to find green pastures and still waters. It is a terrain similar to a landscape I know well from the summers I spent living in southern Spain, where members of my Spanish family live in a small village that has been their ancestral home since longer than anyone can remember. And there, shepherds still herd sheep. And goats. Each day involves long walks to find food, pastures that are in fact room for grazing, still water that is clean for survival. It is a harsh landscape. But it is also a beautiful landscape. <clears throat> and part of the beauty of that landscape. <laughs> arises out of the care for and the tenderness between the shepherd and their flocks. Sheep do indeed recognize the voice of their shepherd and respond to it with alacrity. If you go out into the landscapes in Israel, in Spain, you'll see along the way large sheep heads where the sheep and the shepherds sleep at night. In the morning, as the shepherds and the sheep go their separate ways, the shepherds follow, the sheep follow the voice of the shepherd. The only reason the sheep are painted with an identifying color is that if the shepherd should die, that's the only way the family will know what their inheritance is. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. There is a deep bond that grows out of caring for sheep. Remember, if you will, the gaslit sorrow in England in 2001 when the country experienced a massive outbreak of foot and mouth disease the dreaded disease that resulted in the culling of more than six million sheep and cattle and pigs. It did far more than devastate the landscape of the the economic landscape, but it seared the farmer's spirits. As one said, it was a horrible thing to see our animals pulled. We worked so hard to bring them into the world. It went against everything we did to see them killed. Another shepherd, the night before his flock was destined for <coughs> went for one last walk with them, and one last sleep in the with them. Where there was no other way he could think of to say, I will love you, even to the end. We don't, I think, need to be farmers, need to be shepherds, to know something of that kind of care. That care that says, no matter what, I will stay with you. Many of us have received. Many of us have offered it. It is the care that says, I will stay up all night with a sick child. I will spend the weekend with someone who is suffering. I will be with you when you are pregnant. It is a care that keeps watch. And it's a care that's bigger than just the care of one another. It's care of gifts and stewardship as well. It is a care that says, I will press on with complex and difficult research in the hopes that one day someone's life may be changed, even saved. It is a care that says, I have tended this land for so long and love it so dearly that I will forsake selling it for a significant sum to ensure its future is sustainable. Whenever we offer or receive such care, I believe that it changes us and that it can lead to an experience of intimacy that can deepen our understanding of grace, of mercy, and of God. It is the kind of intimacy, of oneness, that I have experienced in moments of great grief and of great joy. I experienced it several years ago when I told my stepmother that her husband of 48 years my father, had just died. We hugged and wept. <clears throat> and there was a moment when I truly did not know where my tears ended and hers began. When my embrace ended and hers began, we truly became born. It's the kind of intimacy that I think Alice Walker captures in her book The Color Purple when her character Shirt says, and I knew that if I cut the tree, my arm would be. There is a common thread across this intimacy, across this becoming one, that does not tolerate subjugation or subordination. It is a unity of mutuality, of wholeness, and of wonder. I refer to these experiences as thin places, because the boundaries between heaven and earth blur. What comes into focus is being one in the body of Christ. And in these thin places, there is a force of vulnerability, One does not see the face of God without having one's life changed. And wherever there is great love, there is vulnerability. It's the anguish that comes with the diagnosis of mad cow disease or heart disease. There's the sorrow that happens in betrayal, whether that betrayal happens around the breakfast table, or that betrayal happens as we all heard and saw this week on the southern border. For me, the poignant place of vulnerability is where my image of God shifts. The image of God as shepherd, which is a universal agrarian image, becomes a religious if the landscape of Israel gave rise to the image of the Lord as my shepherd, then it's the religion of Temple Judaism that gives rise to the next image of the shepherd who becomes the sheep, who becomes the sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is this sacrifice which is at the core, which is on the cross of Christianity. And it is a love so deep that God becomes first one of us and then dies for us that we might have life and have it abundantly. For God so loved like the world. It is one of the few images I'm aware of in scripture where one leads to another, where the shepherd becomes the sheep, where that one image becomes what is tended. So I end where I begin with the image of the shepherd and ask, which flock, which lamb, which child, what gift, Are you called? Are we called to shepherd in God's name?